21-day fast. And, and here's what's great about those of you who didn't fast. You get blessed anyway. Uh, that's the way the kingdom works. Sorry. Uh, so, but I tell you, if you did fast, there are internal things that happen between you and the Lord that you can't get without fasting. But there's all sorts of other blessings that will crash upon the shores of your life because those that did fast and calling blessings down on you and upon this body. There's great testimonies that have already come in. I'm going to share some of them today. And then they're going to be rolling in because though God does great things during the fast, he does even greater things after the fast. There's a promise. Well, there's all, promises all over the Bible. I mean, there's littered all over the scriptures where God, as our dad says, if you put me first and seek me, I'm going to pour out blessings upon you and make them so specific you'll know that there's no way it could have been anybody but me. And so um, those are going to be rolling in. And I'm excited about it. Very excited about it. Thank you, Father. We love you in this house. This isn't just religious exercises to us. We really believe. And our expectancy level is very high. So, Lord, do great things in here today. We break this fast with celebration. And I am going to eat a real big piece of mud pie tonight in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. So, I'm going to end this message today with an abbreviated message on the restoration of joy because that's one of the things I believe that the Lord said to me that he's going to do in the lives of his people. And uh, so we've looked at different sources of joy. There's many more than what I've listed, uh, but a joy is so critical to our lives. Do you know this, has not only been, this is not only a spiritual reality where you can see it in the Bible, but the medical field has proven that joy is critical to physical restoration. The psychological world has found that joy uh, speeds up the restoration of a person's uh, mental health. The Bible says joy, laughter, does good like medicine. That's not just poetry. That's a physical reality. So the Lord is always wanting to get us to a place of joy in our lives because it's good for us. And he's the God of joy. He created laughter. The Bible says that God sits upon his throne and laughs at the enemy. I love that. There are, there are five sources of joy that we're visiting. I'm going to very quickly go over the first four that we've hit, and I'm going to jump onto the fifth today. One is our relationship with God. When everything else falls apart, like the song Mark just led us in, when everything else falls apart, if you have a right-on relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, you find joy in the midst of trials and chaos. It's one of the marks of Christianity is joyful martyrs. It's a, it's a complete oxymoron. You know what? I want to pray right now for the, our martyr brothers and sisters in the Middle East. We need to do that. Let's do it right now. Father, we lift up our brothers and sisters in the Middle East right now who are being uh, ravaged and persecuted. You have said, when you are persecuted, rejoice, for great is your reward in heaven. Even in that, even in that reality of martyrdom, you have said there is joy waiting on the other side of their death. Father, we pray for great rewards for our brothers and sisters who have been martyred for your name that would not deny you in the face of death and torture. We also pray for deliverance, God. Father, we pray for deliverance for our brothers and sisters and those who are being persecuted that are not even Christian. We pray for everyone, God, who is being terrorized, that you would bring mighty deliverance, God. We pray for peace and freedom in Israel. 
Protect your people, God. We need you on this planet to intervene in a supernatural way to bring healing and wholeness and restoration, freedom and deliverance to those who are calling upon your name. We ask for your mercy, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Secondly is living for the purposes of God. If you don't know what God's purpose is for your life, you're going to be struggling. Once you connect with God's purpose, there's tremendous joy in living your life for Him and with Him. Thirdly was having faith in the ability of God. When you come to a place in your life where you're where doubt, fear, and unbelief is trying to cripple you, faith in the ability of God causes joy to spring forth in your heart as you're walking through the trials of life. Fourthly, being part of the community of God. Jesus said that if we would love one another the way that he loved us, our joy would be full. That's how Jesus created the body of Christ, for it to be abounding with joy because of the way we forgive one another, honor one another, support one another. Um, In fact... Listen listen to this. The latest discoveries in neuroscience show the significance of joyful relationships to the development of strong identity that produces resilience for dealing with life's challenges. So the scientists, psychologists, sociologists have, have said a person that is surrounded by people who support them, believe in them, and they have joyful relationships are able to um, face life's challenges at a much more successful rate. Fifthly, what I want to talk about today, and the last source of joy we're going to cover, is seeing the goodness of God. Our foundational text was this, from King David. I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see. Everybody say that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I mean, it's one thing to be believing for the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's the other thing to actually see it. It's one thing to have the title of a home mailed to you. It's another thing to feel the carpet between your toes, right? It's one thing to be believing for physical wholeness. It's another thing to actually feel physical wholeness. Seeing the goodness of God, there is a joy explosion when your prayer is answered. And listen, something Randy just prophesied up here earlier, that God says, what do you want? That is my message today. I believe we have just entered a season of answered prayer. I'm saying this prophetically by the Holy Spirit. I believe that many of you that have been praying for things for a long time are going to start seeing things break open that you've been believing for for a long time. We are entering a season of answered prayer. The Bible says this in Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. How many of you would say you've experienced that before? Dreams, hopes, they've just been shattered and it makes your heart sick. Well, let's, let's go for the second half of the verse today. When the answer comes, it is a tree of life. Isn't that true? We hear a lot about unanswered prayer and how to walk through the valley of unanswered prayer. Critical messages. But we also need to hear messages about answered prayer and celebrate answered prayer, which is what we're going to be doing today. Testimonies are critical for our Christian walk because they help us keep our eyes on the goodness of God. You know, it's one thing to be... We don't want to focus, when we're believing for God to do wonderful things in our lives, it's one thing to walk by faith and be looking for what he hasn't done by faith. But I tell you, if we do not live every day thanking him for the things that he has done, we are robbing ourselves of an enormous amount of joy and robbing God of an enormous amount of glory. 
Because he says, it says he loads us daily with benefits. When's the last time you just stopped and thanked God for what you do have and what he has done? This is a remedy for depression and pity parties. The word testimony literally means evidence. The Bible says the faith is the evidence of things not seen, but a testimony is the evidence of things that you have seen. And testimonies are critical. You see, evidence, uh, testimonies are the evidence of the goodness of God. Satan from the Garden of Eden is always trying to convince us that God is not good and his plan and intentions for our lives are not good. Stressful circumstances try to tell us the same thing. Where's God? God doesn't care about you. Testimonies remind us that God is good all the time. They protect our heart from turning away from God through unbelief, and they create fresh faith. You're going to hear testimonies today. Listen, don't get jealous, don't get envious, and don't have a pity party. God, why'd you do it for them and not for me? Satan will sit right next to you in church and say, yes, that's right. Keep thinking those thoughts. That's good. The Bible says to weep with those who weep. We do not want to be insensitive to those who have not had their breakthrough or are still struggling. But it also says rejoice with those who rejoice. There are times when we just need to focus on the goodness of God and have a day of rejoicing and celebration. Amen? Amen. And our testimonies and the joy that comes from hearing them about cause our children to believe in the goodness of God. Look what this scripture says. Psalm 102 Verse 18 says, let this be written. God is telling his people to write down your testimonies, the things I've done for you, which the Bible's chock full of them because they wrote them down. Let this be written for a future generation that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. Our children hear testimonies all the time. They see them. They see tangible testimonies in our lives. And we write them down and we rehearse them because that causes them to stay connected to the goodness of God. Now, I want us to go to Psalm 21. I want to say a couple of very important things today regarding God's goodness and answered prayer, and then we're going to break into hearing some testimonies. The same author, David, the Bible says a man after God's own heart, that wrote this, our foundational text, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would eventually see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Also wrote Psalm 21, which is a song of celebration about the goodness of God that he has seen. So, watch this. He breaks open with, The king shall have joy and your strength, O Lord. And in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. God had delivered David from temporary danger, delivered him from his enemies. God's muscles were flexed on David's behalf, and David is celebrating, not in the strength of his military, but in the strength of God who invaded uh, the military or the, uh, the, 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 uh, the battle and delivered David. God also does that for us. But listen, we have greater joy. We have a greater thing to celebrate. The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, that when we were without strength, Christ died for us. Talk about salvation. What did David say? The king shall rejoice in your strength, O Lord, in your salvation he shall greatly rejoice. 
The Bible very clearly says that when we were without strength, that means when we had no ability to forgive our own sins. We had no ability to wash ourselves from guilt. We had no ability to earn our way into heaven. Nobody's going to get into heaven without being a good person because the Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why it says when we were without strength, without the ability to pay off our sins or impress God with, our, with, our, uh, with humanism, Christ died for us. Therefore, the Bible says if we've been saved from God's wrath by his death, how much more shall we be blessed by his life? So today we can celebrate because of the salvation of the Lord in our lives and what he did for us on the cross. Secondly, now this is what I want to sit on for a moment. You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. Listen, we in the body of Christ, especially teachers and pastors, we care so much about protecting the body of Christ from materialism and from selfishness and from it all being about us, which is true. The Bible says we don't live for ourselves anymore. We live for him. That I believe we can throw the body of Christ, the people of God, over into what's called Gnosticism, which is the natural world is evil. And any desires you have are suspect, at least. But let me ask you a question. First of all, how good is God? He's better than you and I are. And let me ask you a question. Is every, if, is every dream that your child have have to line up with goals for the future or your particular goals before you will invest your money or time and energy or prayers into them? Or are there some personal desires and dreams they have that have nothing to do with the advancement of their future and your life and your goals? I mean, is there anything you would do just because you love your kid and you know that's what they want and you just go ahead and get it for them? Anybody at all? If not, you are a party pooper parent. (laughs) You see, I don't think we allow ourselves to believe this about God. But he's always doing serendipitous things that have nothing to do with the advancement of the kingdom of God. He does it just because we're his kids and he loves us. And I fear that we take passages like, delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And some people only interpret that as, well, God will put desires in your heart because they are holy and godly and about advancing his kingdom. Therefore, he will give you the desires of your heart. Can it also be interpreted that if you're delighting yourself in the Lord, that he will say, now, what do you want? Is that possible? I don't believe it's only possible. That's actually the primary way I interpret that passage. I think it's both. I think he just does good things because we love him. How about your child? What if your child was just obedient? I know, fantasize for a moment. Just think (laughs) that your child just first-time obedience. You say it, yeah, all right, and they do it with joy in their heart. Anything else you want? Okay, imagine that. wouldn't that, Wouldn't you just respond automatically with, What do you want? Think about it the converse uh, way, where they don't do anything you want, and they're constantly arguing with you. I mean, you you don't feel this freedom to bless them. You see, God is this way, that when we delight in him, he loves to respond because God is love. And this passage we just read proves it. Listen to this. You have given him his 
You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. I believe that is happening right now in this body. I believe that God is answering people's heart's desires and not withholding the request of our lips. Here's the passage that I use personally for this fast. Look at what Psalm 145 says. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. There are some personal desires of mine that he has fulfilled already during this fast. Have nothing to do with the advancement of his kingdom. Just between him and me. Father, son. He goes on to describe the blessings. For you meet him with the blessings of goodness. You meet him with the blessings of goodness. You set a crown of pure gold upon his head. He asked life from you. And you gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. Isn't that a selfish prayer? God didn't think so. He answered it. His glory is great in your salvation. Honor and majesty you have placed upon him, for you have made him most blessed forever. Now watch this verse. It's a sneaky verse. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. Some would say, see, 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 see. His presence is the most important thing. I absolutely agree. But this is what I will say about this verse in context. I believe this isn't only God's presence in a sense of this, this unseen non-physical his presence now listen i've experienced it you've experienced it and it is powerful and yes there's the fullness of joy in his presence but i believe david is talking not only about god's just unseen presence i think he's saying your presence that had been manifested and shown through these physical blessings you know the scripture in your presence is the fullness of joy Do you know the other half of that verse? And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I don't think they're all invisible and just spiritual. I believe God's presence is manifest through physical blessings. Now, don't frown at me. You're just frowning at me. Don't frown at me, people. No, I'm kidding. I'm messing with you. Nobody knows who I'm looking at. It's between you and me. I remember remember one Easter, we woke up, and there were were six... um, Easter baskets or buckets on our front porch filled with blessings. We're like, who did that? That was, that was the evidence that somebody had been at our house. We figured it out. It was the Grodendals. Grodendals. They came all the way up from Chula Vista and dropped Easter blessings. Huh? Yeah, Grodendals. That's what I said. Huh? Huh? You, El Cajon. It's the same place. Seriously? This is a day of celebration, not correction. We knew the Gronendals from El Cajon had been to our house physically because of the physical blessings that were there. Listen, I'm going to say something else, and forgive me if I step on anything that's holy to you. I don't like anonymous giving for me. The only place it says to give anonymously is when you're giving to the poor if you're a hypocrite so that people think you're spiritual. 
Otherwise, you see giving recorded in the Bible between people. All over. David recorded how much he gave to that temple of God. I recorded last week. I sent an email. Rick Higgins sent out an email saying, this brother in our church needs some help. And I said, I'm giving 100 bucks, And I put it right out there for everybody to see. Why? As an example, for inspiration. And then other people were giving. And, and we knocked out the need for the brother. And you know what happened? Because the brother knew who actually gave, he sent out an email saying, thank you. And now those physical relationships are deepened in this house because of that giving and receiving exchange. In fact, uh, Rainey just wrote her new book, first book, Rainey, Rainey. I read it last night as an e-copy. Excellent book. I'm going to purchase some of them and put them out front uh, to, uh, for you to give a donation, a suggested donation, which would be the same price for the book. <laughs> and she has a great chapter in there on giving and receiving. It's one of my bailiwicks. It's one of my soapbox sermons. I mean... Uh, every chapter is good. It's on, it's on marriage and they're very, it's a very good book. I recommend it. And, uh, uh, but there's a great uh, chapter in there on giving and receiving. I love the love that's transferred through the giving and receiving, um, dynamic. But back to, and I'm going to close with this back to this concept that because we're so afraid of materialism, we're so afraid that God's people are going to just use God for his money that I think we lop off the, a, a large portion of the goodness of God where he just does stuff for us because we're his kids and he's good. He's our dad and he owns everything. Look at these three verses. These all have to do with monetary, but they're, clearly there's greater blessings beyond monetary, but these are just so clear. First Timothy 6.17 says, Command those who are rich in this present age to be sad call themselves filthy rich and give away all their money so they can be holy. Is that what it says? Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, that's good, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, say it out loud, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Enjoy that boat. Enjoy that car. Enjoy that big slice of mud pie tonight. Proverbs 10.22 says this, the Lord, the Lord brings wealth and no sorrow comes with it. There's another scripture that says, if you love money and pursue money, you'll pierce your heart with sorrow. But God, this says, God brings wealth and adds no sorrow with it. Ecclesiastes 5.20, I love this verse. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him the power to eat it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. Can I hear an Amen. There are a lot of other sources of joy of God's physical blessings, like a fruitful family, the whole chapter on that. Righteous leadership. The Bible says when the righteous lead in a city, the whole city rejoices. Great friendships bring joy. The Bible says restoration brings joy. Forgiveness brings joy. Salvation brings joy. Disciples bring joy. Paul says, you are my joy and my crown. The completion of a task or project brings joy, and a life well lived brings joy. As Jesus says, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. There's all sorts of sources of joy in the Bible. And David ends this psalm with this. For the king trusts in the Lord. He ends all of this outpouring of the physical blessings of God in his life. With David realizing all this came because I trusted you. 
That's the purpose of this fast, was for trust in God to be increased. And through the mercy of the Most High shall he not be moved. In other words, David admitted readily, I have blown it. Some of you have really blown it. But let me tell you something. Same thing David's saying. God's mercy is greater than your mistakes. God, the blood of Jesus is greater than your sins. You are not on plan B. Every time you go to God and you confess your sin and repent in your heart, you're reinstated in that. Well, actually, you were never uninstated because the blood of Jesus kept you there. But God's mercy is what causes us to prosper. David, the same man, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says, your mercy has made me great. David blew it pretty bad. And God just kept blessing him through his confession and repentance. So I want to say to you today, own Psalm 21. That's your dad talking. And today I want us to celebrate the physical blessings, the spiritual blessings, the emotional blessings, and the, re- the relational blessings of God. So with that, I'm going to read Shelley's first because she's not in the house. And, uh, and I'm going to go through a handful of these uh, tangible blessings in our house. Some are going to come up and talk to you, and I'm going to read some of them from here. And then we're going to end the service with some more music and celebration, right? And then we're going to go on out of here and just have a party. You know what? I want to do this real quick before we read these testimonies. Some of you just need this message, short and sweet as it was, really hit a chord in some that have a hard time just letting God be good to you. You can't be a blessing unless you're first blessed. I'm going to ask if you would just right now with me. I mean, Rainey said it prophetically. I believe the Lord wanted me to talk today about how he just answers the desires of our hearts. I think we just need to let God be as good as he wants to be. So let's just stop for a moment. And let's just get, uh, let's stop for a moment and come under the goodness of God together, the hand of God. Father, in this house today, we will allow you to bless us. Jabez prayed, God bless me indeed. Will you pray that with me? Can you say that? Say, God bless me indeed. It was a prayer that the Bible says God answered. Just say it again. God, bless me indeed. That's not a selfish prayer. That's a smart prayer. We want the blessings of God in our lives. And then we can be a blessing. The rest of the prayer is that you expand my territory, that your hand rest upon me, and keep me from evil that I may not cause harm. Father, we pray this prayer. And I'm going to ask right where you are, if you allow yourself to let God bless you, love you, and let Him do good things for you. Will you just say it off your lips? Say, God, I will allow you to bless me. I believe He's going to answer that. Here's Shelley's. I was very inspired by John's sermon, Why Fast? Of course, I wanted to start out with that one. (laughs) When he shared how God showed him to ask for help when fasting, which we saw Jehoshaphat do. 
He gathered together all the people, and then they said, God, help us. He asked for help with the physical side effects of fasting, and God really came through for him. I was hesitant to fast since it was my vacation, but really felt inspired by John's testimony. So I chose uh, to set aside some food items and entertainment and let God fill the void that was being met by those items. It wasn't easy, but the more space I made, the more God filled. Wow, I was blessed beyond my expectations. I shared with a friend who was also on their vacation, deepening the fellowship, uh, and they fasted some things. They were blessed richly too. We both agreed there was a richness and a deepening of fellowship with God during this time. I also got several visions, revelations from teaching material, and a truckload of grace to finish a situation. Remember, I was saying God's going to be answering prayers you've been praying for for a long time. And I know what this one is. This was, this was a, a really important thing. Finish a situation that had been hanging over my head for several years, and it has been resolved. Thank you, God, for inspiring John. Thank you, John, for responding. You're welcome. Um, Gary and Mike D'Ambra, Gary, one of our elders here, Mike D'Ambra, their testimony. Mike D'Ambra and I have had two very slow months in our business. We have a significant number of orders in our pipeline, but over these last two months, we have not been able to secure any payouts to close any sales. During this time of fasting, one of the things we've been praying about is in our business. God is so faithful. This past week, just this past week, we secured two very nice orders. And another company wants to fly us to Toronto to meet with them to finalize the third, a third order. We also have connected with several new prospective customers over the past few weeks. It is so exciting to see the faithfulness of the Lord. Some could say this is a coincidence. We don't agree. The Lord continues to bless us, and we want to give him all the glory. Amen? So, Lord, we ask you as a body to open up that Canadian door for Mike and Gary in Jesus' mighty name. Christine Williams, who's in the congregation today, writes this. She's suffered with Crohn's disease for four years. The last few months, the symptoms have flared up worse than ever. She's really been struggling. Uh, the antibiotics are making it worse, not better. All the side effects. She was supposed to be tapered off uh, the steroids after six weeks, but her body would flare up every time. The first four days of the Daniel fast, well, she was one of the ones that initiated the fast. When the leadership were talking about fasting for 21 days, she had already came to Mark and said, I think we need to fast for 21 days in the very same week. Uh, so she said the first four days... Uh, was really bad for her mentally, spiritually, physically. Every day was a struggle getting out of bed. She was heading toward a breaking point, and then she says in capital letters, but God showed up. I now feel great, tapered off the, uh, the medication with very little symptoms, believing it's going to continue. And she says, God is so good with capital letters. He gave me an extra bonus. In my heart, I've always wanted to go part-time, but my work didn't offer it. I know how many years you've desired this. Where are you? There you are. Now my employer, but uh, because I felt so bad, this is the enemy, God turning to good with the enemy meant for bad. What did I say? <laughs> this is God turning for good with the enemy meant for bad. Meant for bad. Because of how bad I've been feeling, the doctors recommended to reduce my working hours. Now my employee had no choice but to follow the doctor's recommendations. My employer informed me about the, fi- the Family Medical Leave Act, which allows me to be in a part-time schedule, but still maintain full-time status and the benefits that come with it. Yeah. 
I could feel your prayers, and I'm so grateful. I don't know what I'm happier about, being home more with my children, knowing God's going to provide, or just having energy to enjoy my family. I am feeling better. Thank you. Praise God. Okay. All right, Chris, Cessia, come on up here. They've got a doozy. Come on up here. Chris and Cessia Prytower, let's welcome them down. Here she comes. I love the pregnant Harley Davidson woman leading worship. Isn't that great? It's hard to sing when a baby's pushing on your diaphragm, isn't it? You did a great job today, by the way. Anointed. Huh? Because I'm, cause she's had four children. Be quiet. All right, here we go. What's your guys' testimony? Well, for the last couple of years, we've... I got re- you on a timer, by the way. For the last couple of years, we've been um, really struggling with my job, with my employer. And that's a long story as to why that is, but recently it turned around to where um, about three weeks ago we got our first significantly larger paycheck. That night we drove into a community looking for a home, but it was a community that we've always loved. And if we were going to pick anywhere we wanted to live, that would be the community, tree-lined, et cetera, just beautiful. And um, it was at night we were looking for um, a, a for rent sign, something like that showing it was available. Well, nothing available. I saw a neighbor outside asked, is there ever anything available here? No. Once it comes up, it's gone. So we're on our way out. We go down one more street and uh, literally the most beautiful home in our favorite community has a for rent sign. So it was eight o'clock at night. We call the landlord, even though it's eight o'clock at night. And I said, um, you know, ask him about it. He said, I just put that sign in the window yesterday. And so we're really excited, and, and uh, he says, but I have one question. Do you have pets? Uh, we have a dog. Oh, I'm sorry I don't rent to uh, pet owners. He says, but I'll meet you tomorrow, and you can at least look at, look at it. You know. So we go th- the next day. We find out there had been other couples looking at the home, and uh, he says, I- I'm going to talk to my wife about the dog thing. I don't think it's going to fly. So Sessie said, let's lay hands on the home and claim it in the name of Jesus. I thought that was a fantastic idea, so we did that. And uh, so um, a couple of days later, he called and said, I'm sorry, um, I've given the home to someone else. They've signed the lease, and if something else comes up, we'll let you know. And I can't tell you how bummed we were. I mean, it, it's not just, oh, here's a place. Oh, the, our, it's working out with the employer better now. We really fell in love with this home, this home. And so we, we looked at some other places, but nothing just even came close to what we were looking for. And so um, a scripture came to mind, and it's just one verse I want to read to you from um, Joshua 24:13. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. And I, don't, I didn't know if it was proper to claim that scripture, but I just said, Lord, we're your kids. I don't know who these other people are that signed the lease, but I'm praying for a miracle that something would happen. I don't know. <laughs> but something would happen. And a couple of days later, um, well, no, no. Uh, well, a couple of days later, we realized nothing was going to change and it wasn't God's will. Three weeks later, two days ago, we get a call from that landlord saying, do you still want that home? <laughs> I mean, and uh, he said um, the people that signed the lease, they bought their plane tickets to come to California, they loaded their moving van and then realized they had a legal technicality that would not let them leave the state. They need to serve, they, they need to serve Jesus. 
Well, what's interesting is when we signed the lease yesterday, the landlord said, uh, Ceci said, you know, we'd really been praying about this home. And he goes, well, you must be living right because uh, this is crazy. Well, he called me for a reference and I, I only told him the good stuff. And uh, so you, you need to invite us over and make us dinner because we earned it. And he said, I never rented people with pets. And I said, well, they, they home sat for us and they have a dog here. And, he, you know, he, we fixed everything the dog tore up. So, and I know that you've been struggling in your work for a long time, like a handful of years. And during this fast, there's a managerial change, and he brought you into his office. You guys had a meeting of the minds, meeting of the hearts. He showed you how to get a bonus. It was a for the first time. For the, in the years I've worked for the first time in all the years you've worked there, a new manager comes in, meets with you, gives you a game plan, you get a massive bonus, and the future, you're going to be making more money than you had. And you wanted a new place, I'm telling your testimony, because the place you had been living was, it was a challenge, and you wanted a new home with your new bride and your new baby, and look what God did. Woo! Yes! Love it. Hey, Jan, come on up. Let's welcome Jan Lennington. Mark, I'm not, I'm not sure how much music we're going to get to, but this works too, right? Okay. Well, I'm a novice at fasting, unlike all of you, I'm sure. And the thing that b- would be discouraging in a fast is that all my junk would kind of rise to the surface. And that probably never happened to any of you. Um, and I would just get kind of bummed out seeing just all this stuff. But as I grew in fasting, I learned that whenever something was revealed there was always a provision to go with it and so this time I was really surprised because I was expecting some sin or attitude to be uncovered and instead what got uncovered was that the food and the other things that I was consuming was actually covering up loneliness and I was just out of touch with that but here's the goodness of God is that he didn't leave me there what happened was he showed me that Um, any lack in our life is actually an invitation for him to provide. And that there is um, vistas of walking with the Lord that we have not yet tasted of. And I believe that me, along with many of you, are going to pioneer new areas in walking with the Lord. Amen. There's also something else you may not know about Jan, but she has what's called a seer gift, and that is she has the discerning of spirits where she can, she can um, see uh, what the Lord is doing in a very prophetic way. And she said during this fast, the same thing I had been saying, the same thing Rainy, Rainy said, the, she said, I sensed last night that uh, we can have extreme confidence that the Lord is using our prayers for his purpose in this season. And she said that there, this fast has secured new resources for the whole church. She saw spiritual eyes opened, those with spiritual vision sharpened, and those with seer gifts, she names Kathy Mancini, Kirsten Clegg, and a few others specifically, their seer gift upgraded. I'm sure that's also for Donette back there. I feel like there is an impartation available to our body, and she would love to lay hands and impart on anybody who who would like that, an, an upgrade in your seer gift. And so... Uh, at the end of the service, Jan will be down here, and if you feel drawn to that, she'll lay hands on you 
and uh, impart that. And uh, last but not least, the, uh, the vision at the Gathering Place Church is not only to raise up a thousand strong, but also to be a sending church where God opens doors and sends people to be a blessing, which a number of us in this church uh, go to all, all places all over, the, all over the world. And we have missions and we have churches that we serve and ministries that we partner with. And, and uh, so Heather Nunn has recently just seen some doors really blow open for her, and it's just beautiful. Let's welcome Heather. She comes and shares what God's been doing with her. I sat down this morning with my coffee and was just like, Lord, what do you want me to share? And it was really cool because so much of what he gave me has already been spoken this morning. So, um, so and I'm a note taker, so here we go. Um, my testimony actually starts years ago as the Lord began to seed my life with promise, even as a child. And then in my teenage years and in my young adult years and young married and so on, many, many, many promises, um, promises about worship, about the nations, about uh, songs, you know, just so much stuff that just gets you so excited. And, of course, I'm like, cool, this is going to happen next year. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was like a crazy laugh. Um. And really, what it was was just the beginning of stewarding prophetic words. Um, We have a partnership with the Lord in that. It isn't just something that he just kind of automatically does. Um, And so he began to teach me about that. And so I would journal my prophetic words. I would pray over them. I would memorize them. I would cry over them, you know, and just, just keep them, like, in front of me and, you know, Days turned into weeks, turned into months, turned into years, turned into 20 years. And you're like, okay, I guess God was joking. And uh, that's supposed to be funny. And and just waiting. And, um, you know, God in his goodness would just continue to confirm. And it was like he was saying, Heather, come on. I'm true to my word. I'm faithful. And that scripture, Proverbs 13, 12, I hated it because yeah. I was stuck in the first half and my heart was sick and I was discouraged. And many of you might be there today. I was waiting for that tree of life. I even got to the point, actually, of despising my prophetic words. And then I would I literally I put them away and I'm like, I'm not even going to look at those anymore. And yeah. but the Lord is patient. Very, very patient as we, yes, as we throw our temper tantrums, though, you know, I was angry, I would pout, I would wrestling and all that kind of stuff. And, but then, you know, in his goodness, as he would just bring encouragement and he would breathe life, you know, I found that place of rest. I found that place of trust. He began to just emphasize my identity that is in him and him alone. And joy was coming. And I was getting breakthrough without the promise even coming. It wasn't, uh, I got to the place where I wasn't holding my worship ransom to his fulfillment. Preach, right? right. That That goes in the book. 
Right. So what happened is in this place of trust and this place of identity and this place of rest, it actually got to the point where it didn't matter if I saw any fulfillment of the word because it was like I had what I, what I wanted. I had what I needed. Um, it didn't matter the timing. It didn't matter the outcome. It didn't matter what it looked like. So in that place of rest, identity, which really was the point, is when he's like, okay, now you can handle it. Now your identity, now your success is not going to be tied to this, to this fulfillment. And wow. that's, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, would you pray for me right now? <laughs> no, okay. Later, I'll be up right, front. <laughs> but God is faithful, and he is able to accomplish his word. He does. He can't say something and it not create something. That's good. So many of you will remember last August, a year ago, I was standing right here, and I was sharing with you about this door that God had opened with a ministry called Sounds of the Nations um, to go to Australia. And um, when the invitation came a year ago, May, I was like, okay, God, this feels like you. I feel the permission for it, but I have no money. I have no way of, of resourcing this. So I was like, you know what to do. And um, literally, I, I know I say that word a lot. <laughs> literally, I can't stop saying literally, right? Um, I watched, I watched as God brought the provision, $4,000 plus for this trip, and every single penny came in from people whose God's heart had moved, many of you in this place. I'm so thankful. So here I am going with God's provision, and he's saying, go. I don't even know why. Fast forward to this last May. Um, basically, uh, I have been uh, become the director, one of two directors. My sister's the other one, which is awesome. Um, of Dan McCollum's Sounds of the Nations, his musicianary development program, which basically what we get to do is help mentor people from all over the world in redeeming the sounds of nations, their ethnic, authentic expressions. And I get to do it from San Diego. Um, there's all kinds of other regional stuff that's opening up that I don't even have time to talk about, but um, there was something I wanted to say. Oh, so... Needs and wants. So this story about this provision for this trip is just so beautiful because I was leaving on a Sunday night. On Saturday, I was talking with AJ, my husband, and I was like, you know, this trip is way more than I thought it would be, you know, and I don't have money for souvenirs. And I was like, oh, that's such a bummer, but whatever. And it was literally, it was just, it was just that quick. So the next morning, and she's here. I don't know if she wants me to say anything, so I won't. But... Okay, Gail. So See, that's what I'm talking about. Well, not everybody. You're to say who it you is. are, but it's their call, not mine. See, now they love each other. I, more. Well, I love her anyway. I know, but now it's more. So Gail comes up to me with a check, and she's like, "God told me to give this to you. It's for souvenirs for your children." Woo! I love it. I mean, come on. It was like. God, he sees our needs. He sees our desires. The yes. trip was amazing. The connections were made. It's just the beginning. You can come talk to me because I will talk your ear off about everything else that God is doing. But the bottom line is that God's ability to perform his word is stunning. I want to encourage you wherever you're at today, whatever your circumstances look like, he can make something out of nothing. 
Keep your eyes on him. Stay in worship. Watch his goodness unfold before you. And I guarantee you, you're going to find that tree of life. Amen. Awesome. More. All right. So look, we could hear more, but we are going to just bust back into praise. At least one song of celebration of God's goodness. It's 1130 by 1140. If you're not back there getting your kids, all this fun and joy and celebration is going to turn to anger and fighting and strife. So if you got kids, by 1140, you need to be back there. But great testimonies, huh? Okay, I'm going to also ask, let's do this. Um, Because of the time, I'm going to blend these. So... I'm going to ask those who, uh, Jan and, and Heather and uh, uh, um, Christina, because you people, so what happens is when you, when you have obtained something from heaven by faith and patience, you then have something to impart. It might be hope. It might be a gift of faith. There may be a word of knowledge or wisdom. So I'm going to ask uh, the prayer teams, as well as those who gave testimony today, to come down front here. And uh, if you connect with their specific testimony, uh, of course, uh, okay, I know exactly what you're going to do. And I'm past Scott, right behind. I know who you're going to have come for. <laughs> yeah, right, right? Yeah. They're going to come down. If you connect with somebody's testimony, let them pray with you and see what God will do. The rest of us, let's all stand. Let's get back into just at least one song of celebratory worship, celebrating the goodness of God. I'm asking prayer teams to come down as well if you need prayer for for, uh, any physical needs. And uh, after this song, we're going to go out with joy. Amen. Amen.